everybody, welcome to Deeply Felt, the podcast where artists discuss the art that inspired them and what they do with that inspiration. My name is Rowan Smith, thank you for joining me. Today on the podcast, an old friend of mine, a friendship of nearly 20 years, Mr. Nathan Tape, aka Damn Nathan. He brought in the 1997 release from Aphex Twin, Come to Daddy, an album that, uh, well, an artist that I wasn't very familiar with, just because my initial introduction to his music was very, very off-putting. The imagery that went along with it bothered the shit out of me, to be perfectly honest. But I am a recent convert just because of this conversation that I had with uh, with Nathan. So stick around for that. Um, this is my first episode by myself uh, without my good friend Sybil Chanel from the Highly Heard podcast. Uh, we haven't been able to get our schedules to match up enough to record enough episodes to keep listeners invested. So I started this podcast uh, to keep you guys satiated until the next Highly Heard episode. Uh, so fear not, Highly Heard has gone nowhere. Sybil will be coming back with brand new episodes of Highly Heard, but they will be Highly Heard editions of Deeply Felt. Now, Deeply Felt is a podcast I came up with. It's very much like Highly Heard, and that I'll still be talking about music with my fellow music and art nerds. But this time we're talking about it more from the creative standpoint, like what it did for us as artists creatively, how it pushed our art forward or how it changed our art. Uh, So with that in mind, every episode I'm going to play a tune for you at the top of the show that has been inspiring me lately. And uh, I think it's only fitting that this week I discuss... Uh, an artist that was brought to me by my guest from this podcast, from this very episode from Mr. Nathan Tape. Uh, I got a text message from him, which I frequently do. He sends me great music, and he sent me this artist a couple years back, and I've been watching this guy ever since. His name is Kamau, K-A-M-A-U-U. Those of you that have been listening to the Highly Heard podcast, I'm sure have heard me talk about this guy before. Uh, I spoke about his first two albums on that podcast. Now I want to talk about his newest release, Mixed Greens. Uh, The last couple records he's put out, he's had a theme of naming his songs After Colors. Uh, This one is no different. Uh, The titles on this album are Bamboo, Ivy, Absinthe, and Clover, hence the name mixed greens uh the song i want to play for you is called bamboo it's the first track off the album i feel like this song really showcases both his singing and his rapping abilities uh his singing he's got a very interesting voice uh but it's also used to great effect he's really great at harmonies he's really great at arrangements uh and also his lyrical prowess as a rapper i feel like the average listener doesn't care about lyricism anymore lyricism doesn't sell like it used to friends uh so anytime i can point out impeccable lyricism in an artist i will and i feel like kamau has that in spades so without further ado friends this is the first track off of the kamau cassette mixed greens it's called bamboo Oh Lord, I get it in like ball money. I done gone Bobby and built me a bank, can't nobody. And body body, I'm body body, top body the whole lobby. And I don't need a ghost to my mind on fire like ghost rider. And if I go ghost, that's more fire on deck like roast pirates. I cook up release, book up, shook up stage, look up release, pull up, pull up pain. Know the quality is guaranteed. All I do is cook up what I need. Luckily, we got a common D. Nominate a seven to the safe. <laughs> no, I gotta keep it. Safe, though I'll never let it lead me stray. Same time, keep a sane mind, a sane mind to keep a safe mind, mind, mind to keep it safe. People take, I ain't ever seen a sane mind. I ain't ever been Jemima, I ain't ever made sweet, I ain't ever been 
teeth Flowers in the snow release mixed greens i love this tune this is my favorite tune on this very short ep it's only four songs uh not a skipper on it though they're all great tunes this one i chose to highlight again because of uh not just his wordplay and the intricacy of it but the way he's using harmonies to punctuate uh each each phrase it's it's and, and his arrangements and his his just general delivery is very interesting very creative it sounds spontaneous it sounds as if it's a stream of consciousness but i'm sure he wrote and rewrote or at least thought and rethought this is someone it sounds to me like this is someone that works very hard on his craft so friends uh stream it buy it go see him live do whatever you got to do to support this artist his name is kamau k-a-m-a-u-u all right moving on uh, i had a great conversation with my good friend nathan tape aka damn nathan about an album that was a big inspiration to him and a huge influence on his work uh, and that album is apex twins come to daddy now i have to admit i was a bit put off by the idea of having to try to decode and understand this album uh, at least to the depths that that my buddy Nathan did so uh, I have to admit I was pleasantly surprised as evidenced by the conversation you're about to hear I hope you enjoy it as much as I did friends this is deeply felt Beautiful people, with me in the studio today is my very good friend, Mr. Nathan Tape, aka Damn Nathan. He's a music producer, a video director, and a filmmaker, as well as a lighting technician. Nathan, how are you, brother? Thank you for coming. I'm doing all right, Rowan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. You're one of my oldest friends and one of the few people that popped up in my head when I was putting together the list of people I wanted to start this podcast with. So let me tell the people about you, man. You were a founding member of the award-winning New Orleans hip-hop collective Media Darling Records and my production partner on the albums The Blank Space and soundtrack The Ballad of No One and Damn Nathan. As a man of many talents, he's also the chief lighting technician on Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Jay and Silent Bob's Reboot, and currently in production on the Purge TV series Season 2. Um, you have so many credits, brother. I did not know which ones to mention, man. No. <laughs> There's a lot of things to avoid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that, but there's a lot. Of, there, there, there's that in any artist's life, right? There's some kind of project that they'd rather not. Well, talk I think about. sometimes you know you uh, you work on things that aren't totally in line mm -hmm. with your creative vision, but that doesn't make anything. I just you know, sure, we, we get into the what I, I make light of it, but. I'm very lucky to be doing what I do. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw it firsthand. Um, I was I was lucky enough to be on the set of the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, uh, I got to be a background extra, and uh, it was great to see my dude like be a boss. Like you're a fucking boss around <laughs> these parts. It's I true. Liked it. Yeah, yeah. It was good to see, man. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, man. So as we do on this podcast, we discuss our art and the directions that it takes after being inspired by or exposed to 
someone else's art. And as an example, you brought me Aphex Twins Come to Daddy. It's the Come to Daddy, Come to Daddy EP. EP. And what year did that come out? Do you 97. Know? 97. So that came out the year I graduated high school. Same here. Um, and it scared the shit out of me. Absolutely. For sure. The music video obviously came out uh, at a time when music videos were still king. Yeah. So it was uh, during that, you know, um, Mark Romanek and, and, uh, and uh, David Fincher and um, Spike Jones uh, were all making, and, and uh, Michelle Gondry were all making some of the best music videos that were ever made at that yeah. period. And Chris Cunningham made the Aphex Twin Come to Daddy music video. What's he? What else is he known for? He mostly music videos. Well, when he was eighteen, he was the visual effects coordinator on AI, which is oh okay. When he was, when he was what? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Wow. Yeah. So he became this music video director. He hooked up with Aphex Twin. He did like Portishead, Bjork. If you ever seen Bjork, the one with the two robots where mm -hmm. they're like making love, that's yeah. Chris Cunningham. Okay. Um. And of course, all the Aphex Twin videos he did. So the Come to Daddy song came out and the music video came out in 97, it, like you said, when I was graduating high school. And my first perspective of it was like, like you said, A, I was scared shitless. Like yeah. I was like, what the fuck so is this? This guy's smile is creeping me out, dude. It haunted me a little bit. Like I, Without a doubt. I couldn't make it through the video. I didn't want to continue like digging through his music. It just... It sure. Plus the song around. like was so... Like I used the word before when we were talking about it, is that it assaults you. It's like he likes to assault you with sound, and like he is, he, it's not a pleasant listening experience. Mm -hmm. But it also, I, at the time, I kind of equated it with like the prodigy, like smack my bitch up, because it was that's like that totally. same kind of, that's how I felt. It was like rave music, quote mm -hmm. unquote, and it was. Uh, which to me at that time in my life, rave music, quote unquote, wasn't cool. Hip hop was cool. Indie rock was cool. Punk was cool. But rave music, quote unquote, wasn't that cool. There was electronic music I liked, but it was like it had to fit like a certain. I'm with you. I was really into like jungle mm -hmm. and maybe some house. But then when it started getting into like trance and uh, ambient that kind of thing, I, I, it kind of lost me a little yeah. bit, you know? Well, I didn't think it was so much of it was the culture too, right? Like yeah. we, we didn't want to associate with like rave culture cause that was those kids and we were like a different kind of there kids. There was a and, little bit of that. I mean, know. I gotta admit I did some cross pollinating. Sure. <laughs> I had a lot of, I had a lot of rave friends, of course, but, but of course. I was, but I was always like the hip hop kid at a rave, right. you know what I mean? Right. And it did absolutely. And here in New Orleans, it certainly crossed over. Sure. A lot of times you would go to a show and it would some kind of be half rave, half show and mm -hmm. kids, you know, that was how you did stuff. And, I just mean that that was how I, and this also speaks to the fact that when you're, when I was a senior in high school, I was still categorizing music in a way that later on in life has become pointless because the categorizing music is really essentially pointless. Like if you enjoy it, whatever fucking. Yeah. That the older you get, the more that becomes a thing. Right. Um, but when I was a kid, you completely identified like your whole crew was based on the kind of music you listen to, right? It was, um, and 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 some of it's because music's changed. Music has changed; it's become very homogenized. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, it's become so available and like water. Like that, I mean, the biggest hit song this year is the country rap that song. That country rap song, the biggest hit, mm -hmm. like the song that is defining 2019 is the country is rap Old Town song, Road, which is bizarre. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know what though? I'm a little bit here for it. Like I kind of dig it, not the song, but the idea of sure. This. But at the same time, when I was a kid, music, music was still hard to get. 
true. You know what I mean? It was it was hard to come by. You had to like go dig for it. You had to come up with money to find it. Um, you had to read about it in some magazine in the back of some magazine that some album was coming out. Or you saw the video. Or you saw the video exactly. And that that's you know because the thing is is that Aphex Twin was making music in England for years mm -hmm. before he made this song. Right. You know what I mean? And he had many releases that uh, the people in you know who had been listening to it in the underground of London they were familiar with what he was doing right mm -hmm. and this was but for us as you know white kid me as a white kid in the suburb being like 70 18 the only yeah. way i was going to see it was this video and it, it did catch on but it scared me and i and i categorized it and i put apex twin in this box mm -hmm. i'm i did the same i did the exact same thing and because music was so hard to come by back then you had to pay for it and again like i said you had to dig it up whatever that wasn't something I wanted to put those efforts towards, but let's, all right. So let's give you guys, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure my listeners know this song, but we're going to play it. Uh, what's the first track you want to talk about? Well, let's go ahead and we'll talk about come to daddy, uh, which right, is the yeah. title track. And this is the music video that we're referring to. And if you haven't seen the video, I highly suggest that you watch it because now as an adult, uh, when it no longer scares me, I appreciate the brilliance of it. It still creeps me <laughs> out, man. It still creeps me. This man's smile just creeps me out. Yeah. There's something about, there's an evil well, lurking that's, that's behind shit. it. But I bet you he's like a sweetheart. But anyway, all right. So come to daddy. Well, it's the Come to Pappy mix. Come to Pappy mix. There's okay. multiple mixes of the same thing on the same gotcha. album. So All right, well, this one's the Pappy mix, Come to Daddy. Yeah. to daddy from the 1997 release come to daddy from apex twin this song scares the shit out of me nathan <laughs> it just scared the shit out of me too uh, right, and so, that's that's part of the impact i think so why was it such a what what about this song was like whoa this is what it's all about for you well it isn't really it isn't okay no, what it is and this is why the record uh, why i wanted to play the record for you and uh, is that my experience was that i put apex twin like i said in a box uh, it was rave music, it was aggressive, it was, you know, this. This is what it was. And uh -huh. I didn't know, because like you said, music was expensive. You didn't have the means to just sample things as you right. do now. You had to commit to it in yeah. a way, unless your friend had it or, you, you know, whatever. Of course. So that was, but even was then, thing. it's like, say you didn't pay for the album, it's still difficult to commit to listening sure. to the whole album, uh, regardless of how technical or emotionally dynamic it is. And it is. If you can get through the album, you see how technical it is, and there's a lot of feelings that he's bringing to the table. Oh, yeah, and it's a lot of times it's fear. <laughs> uh, dude, it really is, right? Or discomfort. It is. It's assaulting. It's assault of music. Now, do you, do you hey. think... 
do you honestly think it was meant to be? Like, do you th- for sure? Do you think he wants to make his listeners that uncomfortable? Yes, because he wants the effect of when you come out of this track to the next one, and that's what happened to me. Of two years, two or three years later, I'm DJing. I have another friend, you know, who likes a lot of the same music. You know, he uh, we're hanging out, we're getting high, you know, listening to music. And I'm looking through his CD book, right? And mm-hmm. he's got the Apex Tim comes CD Daddy. book. Wow. CD book. Fuck yeah. I and still got a few. I and still got and a few. he's got the Come to Daddy EP. And I kind of laugh. Like, oh, haha, Apex Twin, Come to Daddy. Like, that's, right. that's that. That prodigy stuff. That, that's that prodigy something. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but have you ever listened to the rest of the album? And I was like, no. Why would I do that? Why would I subject myself and to he's so like, much discomfort? Check it out. And he puts it on, and the what happens between this track and the next one? The next track is what changed something in me. Okay, so there there is a transition mm-hmm. from the ending of this track, "Come to Daddy," into the next track, which is called what? Flim, F L I M, which is a basically repurposed film. Ah, well, no wonder you like it so much. That's clever. Um, well, let's check out this transition from come to daddy into flim from apex Daddy. So, all right. So you said that upon giving this album a second chance, the transition from that track into this track was something that, that, uh, sparked something in you. You found very interesting. Why? What was the, what was the thing? Well, when I heard this track, Mm -hmm. especially in contrast to the first track, my reaction was what the fuck is this beautiful noise same like what how it's like to me was it just was a perfect marriage of this warm electronic melody that was you could tell was handcrafted Mm -hmm. it wasn't a sample this was this was somebody thoughtfully placing every note where it was and then the drums are especially as somebody who's just starting to like dive into production Mm -hmm. and you listen to the the sequencing and it's it's beyond good it's oh the sequencing on the drums is fucking insane it's beyond anything i mean this is you know contemporaries we had you know you know we had dj shadow Mm -hmm. who was sampling and, and beating it out on hand 
This was a guy who was mathematically placing everything where it belonged. Right. And and doing it in a way that was just, it's just like, like, it's astonishing. But why isn't that something that came across in that first track? The first time we heard it, like I was just at that point in time, graduating high school, I was just starting to get into the the mathematics of the way that some of these tracks work and how you need what you need to do what's needed to put a good piece of music together and how the masters do it when i heard this that didn't come across to me when i heard come to daddy rather when i heard come to daddy that didn't come across and i think it's i think it's because it's such it it is such an assault on the senses and it's intentionally that way and i you know it is in in hindsight now looking back at come to daddy i do love it for what it is it is a brilliant and it is math it is mathematical and it is amazing and it is all of those things it's just that the impression that it made was so strong and it did affect people negatively including me and for years you couldn't mention aphex twin without people being like you know thinking of come to daddy and it being only about that's that. the only thing yeah it i think it really took until he came out with syro 13 years later that people have finally realized that this guy is He's the basis for almost all electronic music from this point on. I mean, what he, he was, he is absolutely one of the, the master innovators of uh, electronic music. And to me, the sure. th- and the, to me, the thing is, is that what, what Flim did was it showed me how much soul and spirit electronic music could have. You know, that's a good point. It is very emotional and soulful in parts, but I never would have known that had I only heard the come to Pappy Mix because when I heard that I thought to myself who fucking listens to this on the regular who just puts this on in the car and is just rolling around fucking listening to this dark evil shit then Flim came on Flim came on and, and like, your head uh, was completely spun and I you know I, I loved it yeah. I, I absolutely and, loved it and part of it is you can listen to Flim on its own and it's still beautiful but the contrast and the fact that he puts you in that place and then completely flips the script on you and surprises you and goes I'm capable of doing so much more I'm capable of affecting you like in this deep part of your Mm -hmm. soul which is scaring you and making you feel uncomfortable and then I'm capable of coming the exact opposite and giving you hope and beauty and and just this gorgeous song that's also like it's appealing on so many levels because it's appealing as just if you just listen to it the melody is beautiful if you start to dissect it and look at it the 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 strength of the melody is 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 not it's not simplistic it's it it moves it changes it 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 morphs and it comes back it doesn't it's not the just a repeating of a four five four or five simple notes it is a it is an exploration of those notes and it returns to it and while the melody if the melody and this at least this is something i noticed uh with this particular track when the melody changes the beat uh stays relatively the same and when the beat changes, uh, the melody might stay the same. What I'm saying is there's always movement yeah. on uh, either end. Yeah. And, and while some people may think that the beat sounds monotonous at times, the, the average listener may just think this sounds like the same thing the whole way through. But right. when you really listen to it, it's a different pattern every time, whether, um, whether it's in the rhythm or in the melody. And it's stripped down that way. For sure. And yeah. it is very stripped down, really, too. That's the other thing. It is simply 
drums mm -hmm. and whatever melody maker it is, whatever yeah. the tone is. It's I mean, there's kind of a bass line too, but it's basically like, essentially it's like a, 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 a lead key, a bass key, and a drum. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. And the drums are simple too, it's just like, bass you know bass a, a kick and a hat and it's like but it's right. like the the way it's compiled and assembled is so the way that it's all sequenced out it's breathtaking it it really is it is and it's stuff like flim that i always loved about electronic music but i didn't know that aphex twin did this kind right. of shit right and that's was my experience because that's what i'm saying i had put them in this box and then it sure and then i was completely blown out of that box and you know I think when you listen to this, and also we'll get to, uh, you know, Is Us, the last track. Yeah, on the record, which is which my is, favorite. Which is another one of his brilliant, beautiful songs. Those songs, like, really made me say, like, when you talk about what I want, what, how it affected me, like, I, how I wanted to make music, I was always trying to make those beats. Well, that is, <laughs> that is no more evident than on our soundtrack project that we did together. Uh, the sound soundtrack, the ballad of Noah and Damn Nathan. What was it? Two thousand and eleven. Eleven was 11. When, when we released it. Okay. Well, we older, made it in kind of like nine and ten. It's an older album, but it's still to this day some of your some of my favorite work that you did is on that. I mean, of course, because I picked it to rap to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, yeah. Uh, but I totally see where you're coming from when you say this album was a big influence on my music after giving it this second chance. Right. Like, when you first mentioned it, I was like, word? Okay, <laughs> all right, word, dog. Yeah, let's fucking do it. I'll talk about Aphex Twin all day. Sure. And, I, and you know, I thought about giving you more of the, like, I thought about going just and giving you like some of my favorite twin, Aphex Twin tracks, like just the, what I call the like, the you know, the beautiful tracks. Mm -hmm. um, but it was like, you know, it's actually, this is, it really is, the thing about the Come Daddy EP is it is a really good microcosm of Apex Twin because you get a little bit of all of it and you, you see the whole scope. Like the fact is, is that the record is, other than the, the other than really three tracks, there's three, the three tracks that I had you listen to are really the three impactful tracks. The other four tracks are all like weird filler with like they're all experimental and they're all interesting sure like when you listen to them they're they all have something worth remarking but some of them are even like goofy like the fucking the um what's the one uh yeah the like like funny little man and and, and the vociferous bouncing ball which is like vociferous bouncing ball vociferous what, a great bouncing. Title. what a great title for a song it's kind of like going to the, the zoo and seeing a tiger and like you want to see the tiger and you're like i i'm interested in seeing the tiger but i do i want to like go in and hang out with the tiger like not really probably not yeah you yeah. know like and that's what's weird about this record too is that like there's this sequence of uh, one, two, three, four songs that are all really weird. And like, they don't really, they're all just experiments. And that's that's also the beauty of Apex Twin too, is he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna try to do stuff. And like, sure. some of it's gonna hit, some of it's not, I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna do it, you well, know? I kind of feel like uh, after having gone down the rabbit hole a little bit over these last couple of days with this, with, with this artist, I was checking out a lot of his stuff. Uh, also, some of the stuff that he did when he wasn't Aphex Twin, when That's, he went yeah. on his little hiatus, he was still putting out music under a bunch of different names. 
Uh, Analog bubble bath. Yeah, analog bubble. (laughs) AFX. Well, he started out kind of as just AFX. AFX, right. And Uh, a lot of stuff is released as AFX. He put out a a project under the name Polygon Window. Yep, yep, Polygon. I've never really got into that one. And then he put out an unreleased 1994 LP in 2014 as Caustic Window. Yep. I'll say this for Aphex Twin. He always comes up with interesting names. He certainly does. Nothing else. Well, especially if you look at some of them where they just, the names are are a sequence of numbers and Mm -hmm. and some of them are symbols. Yeah. And like there's, there's no logic to... The, because he, he he kind of it's interesting because he starts he gets to a point where he starts to like kind of he he like degrades his own music by doing that right like he calls it something that it's like it's like part something something part two like it's like this weird mm-hmm. like glimpse into like his it feels like you're looking at like a session file a bunch of like shit that like a, yeah. that, a that a musician that has listed it's like right. and and what does he call it i don't know i'm gonna call it nanu <laughs> right and you're like what are you gonna call it gibberly flits like that's the, just the, what the, you first name it yeah. when you first when you're putting the, it putting it all together and it just kind of stays the drugs album has no all the all the titles are nonsense like they're literal nonsense they're like like if you look at it, it's like like i said like Gervivalivum, like what? <laughs> They're just a sequence of letters put together. It's not sure. even an actual word based on anything. So it's really weird because he also sort of like, kind of, and he did this other thing which is pretty brilliant and sometime I'll, I'll send it to you. One day, probably three or four years ago, he just on SoundCloud opened up a, an anonymous account and was like anonymous news or whatever. And for like a week, he just uploaded music that was unreleased in his catalog that he'd been keeping for years and years. And it's all this, some of it's magnificent. Some of it's this kind of really beautiful stuff that I'm talking about that he just, there were like sketches. I mean, it's like thousands. He basically just unearthed his like archives on the world over like a sequence of like three or four days as this anonymous user just like uploading track ever track ever track just here you go guys it's all here Jeez. this is what i've just like had and it's like just like the weirdest that's stuff that's wild man. such a wild I mean, that's cool thing. that's that's really cool i mean this guy's obviously an art like he lives his life as an artist 100%. which is always highly respectable in my opinion but one of the things that he does that i respect but also i'm i'm one of the reasons i never dug into him again is because he does give you so many different emotions to deal with on each record whether they're whether i can't tell that's another thing i can't tell if he's like just giving us what he he's going through emotionally himself or if he's like trying to push our buttons i think it's a little of both but i think he's trying to push your buttons i think he's trying to create i mean also consider 97 when he came out you know peak like of course like with the rave type thing i mean it was like you know doing drugs and listening to music you know that's kind of what was was in it. You, you know, I mean, people did that. That's of course. What the, that's what. So it's like you would create some of this stuff, this music that wasn't just like a. It wasn't just listening. It was like a tool. You know what I mean? Like it was. Uh, that's kind of what the music was intended to do. Mm-hmm. And I think part of Aphex Twin kind of is that. You know what I mean? I think it's music created with a purpose to to control your emotion to <laughs> well to guide you fucking mission accomplished yeah dude. to guide you yeah. and then and that's what i mean about the come daddy too is then so after he gives you phlegm 
it gives you a bunch of weird shit you know like these crazy things that are they're again interesting sketches of music but none of them really like are that great and then he hits you at the end with is us which he brings back that emotion you know all right well let's talk about is us the last track on the album and it was this track that it caught my ear so much that like i listened to this track i think more than any of the other tracks on the album that's fair enough i think i could agree with that oh yeah it's i mean it's, i mean this song brings tears to my eyes when i hear it often it's that kind of an emotional response it's such a strong emotional response because he just knows how to hit you with the melodies that and I, like i said i i feel that this music this is what i've constantly chased like musically in my life is to chase this warm electronic melody with some combination of an interesting mm -hmm. drum beat you know some that's basically you do that and i'm a fan right on man. <laughs> and it still goes to this day i still think that most of the music that i try to you know that i listen to and that i really attach myself to is similar to that and 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 there were some that i listened to before um uh, you know i heard this album but i think as far as like an experience i think this really it, it sums up my experience with electronic music and my experience with wanting to make music, I think, really well. You know? This track? Well, I think this, this track album? and I think the experience of this album, the experience okay. of these two. I think the experience of me kind of putting it in a box and thinking it was one thing and then learning later that it was a totally different thing yeah. and, and, and saying, you know what, you have to stop trying to put something in a box and saying that it's only one thing because you're going to miss out. And it's one of the best examples of that because I had basically, there was this music out there that was speaking to my soul that really was, which is again, this beautiful electronic warm melody with these skittering, interesting drum patterns, whatever. It was out there, but I had refused it because I didn't, because I was, you know, this other impression. Mm -hmm. And and part of that, I think, is Aphex Twin's thing. He likes to fuck with people. He's he's a fucking genius. I mean, you know what I mean? He's an absolute, like, he is a... I'll he, say that, he, yeah. He, I mean, he designed a lot of his own instruments. You know what I and mean? Sounds. And, and sounds. And sounds. Yeah. I mean, he is an absolute, like, mastermind when it comes to creating this stuff. I mean, and, and it gets deeper than I even have any clue about like sure. what, what, where I he mean, gets. I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface of his, of his stuff. I've only listened to the Aphex Twin stuff given all the, the other projects he's put out under different I really names. would stick if you're gonna, I mean, they're all worth, they all have something worthwhile, but his best work is, is Aphex, is Twin. Aphex yeah, Twin. That's my opinion. Right on, man. Well, let's give a listen to uh, Is Us from Aphex Twin's 1997 release. release come to daddy from aphex twin my favorite track on the album this is the one that i was like okay you need to go back and listen to this record a few more times because if, if he's doing things like this it's worth 
going down the rabbit hole a little bit more than I was willing to before. For sure, I think that's, uh, and I think that's my experience with Apex Twin was that it was, like I said, I compartmentalized it, felt that it was one thing, and I uh, misjudged it. You know, I didn't know the full breadth, and I gave it a chance, and it's become, he's become one of my favorites, you know, without a doubt. Now, you were telling me before the episode, you think that he is a genius who is certifiably insane. <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I think he's, I know he's, a musical musically brilliant he certainly presents himself in a way that he doesn't he wants to keep the mystery alive of whether look, he's man, crazy or when not I look at, <laughs> when i look at he, this man's art and the breadth of it and and the different projects he's put out both visual and audio he seems like he's got some fucking crazy in him sure and, and it makes him an, it makes him a brilliant artist and i think most brilliant artists got a bit of crazy in them for sure um but at the same time his is a creepy crazy well i think it used to be i think that he's he's shifted quite a lot but really? uh, yeah because the last since he resurged in you know came back out with cyro and all the stuff since then the 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 kind of creepy face kind of old apex twin thing is kind of not there as much i mean it is a little bit there's sure. some music videos. There's still definitely... It's now, still is there a, as much menace in his music? No, I don't think so. I think there's a lot less. I actually think... Because it was like once he did with with drug... Drugs or whatever. Mm. It's drug with a K and a Q as well. <laughs> Dr drugs. Yeah, drugs. Drugs Just was his drugs. like last record before... Uh, before he came back out with, you know, Cyro and he had a resurgence. And... Uh, it wasn't, it was, Drugs was really either aggressive or beautiful. It was like one song was one thing and one was the other. And it was really like, it was classical. He had actually stripped back and it actually just sat down with the piano instead of, you know, and that it came out with some of his most memorable things. I was saying earlier, Avril 14th is famously been sam was sampled by Kanye uh, for Runaway, for his, okay. one of his biggest songs right. uh, was essentially sampled from Aphex Twin. And, you know, it was one, of, it was a big battle actually because Kanye was like, no, somebody else played it. And he's like, yeah, but it's the melody. Like it's the, you know, you yeah. can hear it and you, it does sound familiar. You hear Ava, April 14th and you hear Runaway right next to each other. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, so, I so Kanye actually tried to like, he tried to pull a vanilla he tried, ice. He tried to pull a vanilla ice on it and it never, it didn't Mine work. has an extra ting in it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was because he had somebody else playing it. Okay. You know, I think it was one of those playing versus oh, I see. whatever, I see. and it was, uh, and it was still. an interpolation rather than a whatever. His man. composition, anyway. But is us, I think, is like, and, and he he ends on such a beautiful, strong note because he, uh, it, it brings you back to you know Flim and the other earlier part of the record, and it's these two songs that really impacted me with their their combination of the beautiful melody and this, you know interesting drum beat is, is how I'll put it because it, it, it can be so many different things sometimes it's sequenced sometimes like I said with Is Us it feels a little bit more closer to a sample it, <clears throat> I don't think it is but it has that feel sure. and, and Is Us is a bit more loop based right like it's a bit more repetitive and more like dropouts and ends and all that and it's a little it's very again very very simple but very beautiful and very very well executed um, and again the melody is just like I said before I you know hearing if i haven't heard that song in a while and i hear it again i well up i get tears yeah in my, because it's such a it's a melody that's so beautiful to me and has always been there and you, you know, know what you know what album or song does that for me uh roads must roll boom bip seed to sun okay yeah, it's yeah. an album you hit mm -hmm. me too yeah because it's got uh Doe song. Doe song. Yeah. 
but the opening track on that album every time mm. i hear it man it gets me yeah it gets me i haven't heard so, that i haven't listened to that in a while oh it's great I, it's great i was just listening which to it which time. one was it which album uh boom bip see, see the, the sun. sun yeah 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 it's a good one anyway uh back to apex twin this album was way better than i expected it to be um i'm happy that you hit me to it uh if if i could if I could play my listeners something of yours that was influenced by by this, if, if we could get an example of how this influenced your music, what song would you like me to play from you from your musical body of work? I mean, you could literally play almost anything and hear it <laughs> I think so that too. I did. I and as so you too. knew, because we discussed it beforehand, and you even said like when I was saying like. You know, you were like, no, no. Once I heard it, I understood. Yeah, I understood oh, where yeah. you were going from I because totally those two, it. those two songs. I mean, again, and that's the interesting thing about this record is that I wouldn't put it as a record as one of my favorite. You know, I certainly sure. think there are. I, I even have more favorite records of Aphex Twins, to be quite honest. Uh-huh. But this was one that, um, as far as the way it impacted me musically at uh, what time in my life, and I think it 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 perfectly demonstrates the. Um, the the, uh, the the bias, the prejudice that I had against Aphex Twin, absolutely, and then yeah. and then the the erasing of that, and right? I, and I know it had the same effect on you. Just very recently, <laughs> right? <laughs> Just in the, I mean, it took twenty years. Sure, you know what I mean, twenty-one years or whatever it's been. But uh, but yeah, I am na- I now understand the whole Aphex Twin phenomenon, which I didn't before, quite frankly. Uh, if you and if you keep delving it's it's all over there's some there's one there's at least one song on every record that will pull you in a lot of the records are gonna have experimental stuff in them because it's who he is and Mm -hmm. what he's gonna do and he's gonna experiment because he's a mathematician with a computer and is like putting it together and that's what he does so he's gonna experiment but i think his music like cyro i think is ultimately his most listenable record would you say a, that's your favorite one or is that just i don't even know if i'd say it's my favorite I, w- I i don't know i mean richard d james album is is pretty great too um it's hard it's hard to really say sure um but i would either put it between richard d james album and cyro i think mm-hmm. um the, the richard d james is what i was just playing you a little bit of but that was one that like it's kind of an expanded album from uh it came out before right before come to daddy and uh, I think as an album, it's a bit better. There's still songs that I skip and that I'm not like as crazy about. I, w- I still wouldn't say because I think with every Aphex Twin record, he's not interested in if you're if you are comfortable throughout the whole record. He's not interested if you are. He's gonna do what he wants to do. Sure. And he wants you. He's gonna uh, he's gonna affect you when you. It's like if you don't want to listen to it, just turn it off. But exactly. I'm gonna do what yeah. I'm gonna do. So, but I do think he's, you know, when he he went away for a while and he came back, because I think Drux was like almost like, it was almost aggressive the way he was like, would fuck with you. It was almost like, I'll give you this little like one minute sample of this gorgeous piano thing. And then I'm going to follow it up with the loudest, most assaulting sounds. <laughs> and then I'm, and then I'm going to disapear for 13 years, you know? Yeah. As, as Aphex Twin. As Aphex Twin. Um, and those other releases would come out, but you didn't really, and it wasn't really that. It was like kind of little pieces here and there, and you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on. And then, and then he comes out with Cyro, and then he releases all the stuff. I mean, you know, and then he's just been working since then, which is, it's great. Um, yeah. But, but like I said, Cyro really encompasses a little bit of the mathematician in him and the 
soulful musician in him and and and, I, and like i said earlier i think that's the thing that really strikes me about apex twin is that it uh it's soulful electronic music and it, and you see it but this is a long way to answer your question which was <laughs> Uh, I think we picked uh, Insomniac, Insomniac. From, from our record, um, which was a very, which I always refer our to as... Our second record. Our second record. Our first record was really like experimental, like just kind of for funsies a little bit, like both yeah, well, we flexing, like, our, flexing our chops a little bit, trying to gauge where, where we could be. Well, right? yeah, well, we were also kids too. We were, what, how was, uh, 21, 22? Yeah. Thereabouts? No, a little bit older than that. It was, what, 20, 2002, 2003? Yeah. Put that record out? Wow, a long time ago. It was a long time The ago. blank space. And then we came back years later, almost <laughs> 10 years later, with uh, with soundtrack. soundtrack, The Ballad of Noan and Dan Nathan, which, to this day, I'm very proud of, man. I feel like we both put, put forward some really good work yeah. on that album. And I think Insomniac, I think, like you said, it's a, it's a good example of... Uh, how you were influenced by Aphex Twin? Because I can totally hear the merging of the beautiful melody with, and which, is, and it's a weird one you chose too. It's a the melody you put together is like a like it's a melody that got reversed and then and chopped up again and played. Yeah, it's like a sample. It's a sample that was played backwards first, and then it was pitched down. Uh-huh. So it was you know in the keys and it was pitched way down. I think, or up, or something, or I might have even no, I was pitched pretty far down, and then uh, of course it has a bunch of little knob turns on of it course, to get yeah. to some like fun sound, version of it, um, and I can't, I can't remember. No, I think it was just a loop. I think it was just one loop of a of a thing. I mean, it was chomped a little bit, but I, no, there was there was some stuff in there, when, especially in post. We uh, the the audio master Jim Nordstrom that mixed our album. Did some really cool things with some plugins that added some really nice dynamics. Oh yeah, yeah, to no. I, what I mean is, I'm saying the way it was played out. I'm trying to remember if it was if if the sample was just one loop, or if I played it in different things. But I, ah. I that was what I, that was my question. You know what? I'll remember it when you're playing it. Right. Well. Uh, but it was my. By the way, it sounds nothing like the genius of Apex Twin, but I tried. Still, <laughs> still, man. I mean, you know, this is uh, this is this is the culmination. This is yeah. where this is where we get to hear what that influence was and what that influence became in your artistic endeavors. Sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, so Nathan, real quick before I play this, uh, where can the people find you? Where are you available online? What should they check out of yours film wise? Uh, you know, let, let the people know where you can be found. Uh, I have a website, which is just my name, uh, NathanTape.com. Uh, you can see a lot of my stuff there. Um, I'm sure a Google search of my name would uh, pretty quickly show you some stuff. Damn Nathan on Instagram. Um, so yeah, look me up. Right on. Yeah, uh, and I I would uh, I would urge you guys to do so because uh, you know I don't hang out with whack people. All my friends do dope shit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Nathan Tape is uh, again one of the more creative fellows that I know. Very. Uh, uh, multifaceted. So please check out his work. And uh, thanks for coming by today, man. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for having me, Rowan. It's been a pleasure. Oh, no sweat, brother. No sweat. All right. Uh, without further ado, Insomniac from Nathan Tape, a.k.a. Damn Nathan, and myself, No One, from the album soundtrack, The Ballad of No One and Damn Nathan. I 
force a gypsy can't get no sleep But I ain't had time to fix that leak Wait till the water's deep to the beat I'll grind my teeth to sleep Try not to think of anything If only for a minute Get to the bottom of a brand new dream And just wait there until it's finished Force a gypsy can't get no sleep But I ain't had time to fix that leak Wait till the water's deep to the beat I'll grind my teeth to sleep Try not to think of anything If only for a minute Get to the bottom of a brand new dream And just wait there until it's Just wait there until it's finished Plus the troops, I can't get no sleep